Hello, welcome to Spiritually Fed. My name is Bree Marshall. I am a wife, mother, a runner, baker, and I am so glad you are here with me today. Here, I love to share my personal life and spiritual experiences to connect and relate with you. I am hoping that you find spiritual moments and love. Let's share our experiences together. Who's better or who's worse? The perpetrator or me? He was just as angry. I was angry. I was hurting myself. I was hurting others. And you say, how was I hurting others? I made a good living. I did this. I did that. Well, you know, if you, if you follow the teachings of Christ, you know, having sexual relations outside of marriage, that's not, not a good thing. Mm. It's not a good thing. It may have been consensual between two adults, but I knew better. I knew in my heart it wasn't right. Mm. I felt it in my heart, but I would push right past it. Mm. And I still engaged in things. I uh, made a good living because I didn't want to have to depend on anybody fin financially. Right. I locked up my heart uh, so tight that to this day, I'm not married. I'm still healing from my childhood. The rape was a walk in the park. Mm. I was emotionally mature enough to handle the rape, but the child in me was not emotionally mature mm. to handle sexual encounters. I had I was nowhere near mature enough or had the emotional wherewithal as a child. Think about your eight-year-old child or your 10-year-old child being molested sexually. Mm. You don't have the emotional wherewithal to even, even comprehend or understand what's happening to you. And then the confusion about it. Mm. When your body betrays you and your body's having a good feeling, but your mind is so tormented and you're so traumatized and hurt by it. Yeah. The, you got two extremes going on at the same time. And as a child, I, it did a number on me. Yeah. So I was just a ticking time bomb waiting to happen. Oh, I just, I keep thinking about that experience before you left to go to the hotel and your parents wanting to have you stay and just like connect. Do you think they just, did they ever say they had a feeling about you needing to stay after? Actually, I was the one who brought it up many times. I said that was the spirit prompting them. Yeah. Because they didn't just ask me. They almost were pleading with me yeah. because of my damage. And it wasn't the damage from the rape because this was, this was 12 hours before that happened. Right. You know, this was 12 hours before it happened. It was because of the relationship I had with them growing up and the damage from my childhood that mm. I was so uncomfortable around them. I was mm. so uncomfortable around my family because I had always been the one who was trying to address something. I was, 
I was, I was the problem child. I was the one that caused the problems because I wanted to talk openly and nobody else did. But really I wasn't the problem. The problem was there, but nobody wanted to address it. Right. Because if they addressed it, they'd have to admit it all happened. Oh. And they would have to look into it. And and feel the feelings yeah, that feel come with it. it. Yes. Yes. And that's I mean, what most, what do they say? You know, the things that keep families apart are the secrets they have. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I thank you so much for sharing this experience. I know it's not easy to talk about the details. I mean to this day you're saying like you I'm, I didn't know that I mean I, there's things that I've known but I didn't know that this the rape was easier to manage rather than what you experienced as a child because I mean both of them were against your will but the idea of having your life in someone else's hand was is traumatic. It's, and for you, you were noticing the details of that day. Like you said, the bacon, you could smell bacon or you could hear cars driving by, or you could, you noticed the things around you and you were being really present in that moment. You weren't just present with him and what was happening around you, but I can tell you were being present with yourself. Do you, can you say if that's true or not? Like, well, so many of the details I left out. Everything I said to him that day, and when you say present, I was more than present. I felt almost in the presence of my Heavenly Father oh. because everything I said to him was prompted by the Spirit, and I knew it. Wow. I knew. I did not say anything that was not prompted by the Spirit mm. because... I felt it and I knew it. I was as calm with that man while he was raping me and abducting me as I am right now. Wow. I was so close to the spirit. You know, when is it darkest in the night? Right before the dawn. Yeah. What is opposite of light? Hmm. Dark. Yeah. You know, my, my heavenly father was, was beside me. If I lived every day as close as I was to the spirit during that six and a half hours with him, I wouldn't be here. I'd be translated and be twinkling of an eye. I'd be gone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I oh. wouldn't need to be here. <laughs> so, yeah, but, you know. and you are, you're seriously just like a wonderful example of seeing even people as they truly are as a son of God, like you said, or a child of God, like you had so much compassion for him. And like you said, you, you both had similar trauma and you could have compassion for him. That's probably why you were able to be so calm. I mean, I, I'm guessing here, I'm not saying what you're thinking, but isn't it amazing how like, like I try and think about those people that are angry at the store or when they're driving or when I see someone like getting mad at 
maybe they're fighting a spouse is like, like when I go outside and if I see a couple and they're getting in their car and they're kind of mad at each other. And we, we have an idea in our head of, you know, maybe they're just mad or maybe they're not a good person because they're getting mad at their spouse. Or maybe when a child is acting up or something, or somebody just cut me off on the road, I'm trying to give a a clear way of saying this, but we can just see people in a compassionate way and you were doing that in an experience that I believe nobody wants to go through. And you saw them at him as someone that is loved and has a heart. And I just want to commend you for that because how hard to go through something like that and not feel even more anger from what was building up already inside of you. And you chose to find love. Well, I forgave him while he was doing it. Yeah. I forgave him while he was doing it because as I said, it was, you know, it's like, um, you know, the old, I don't know, you weren't, you were probably too, too young for this, but, uh, the, you know, when someone has amnesia and they bump their head and they have amnesia and then six months later, they bump their head again and they get their memory back. You know, it's mm. like they got joggled again. Yeah. Well, that's it's kind of like, you know, um, it took a trauma as severe as my rape to awaken things in me mm. that had been so asleep and dormant for so long. You know, I forgave him because I was looking for forgiveness. Right. It was almost as if I were opening a door for me when I was forgiving him, I was forgiving little Wanda because little Wanda had been betraying me for so long. Little Wanda is still a problem to me this day. Little Wanda is still healing, you know, and, and, and little Wanda has been through cycle after cycle of healing and is still growing. The rape again was a walk in the park. Because I emotionally was mature enough and old enough to know I didn't do that to myself. Right. You know, but yet there's a whole other concept that we could talk about. You know, was I subconsciously looking for trouble in my life because of the pain I was in? I knew not to run by myself. I took my my running gear in and out of my suitcase three times. The Holy Spirit was prompting me and I ignored it. My parents asked me to stay. Repeatedly, I ignored it. So was I, was I really, did I dislike myself that much? Did I, did I want to hurt me that much Mm -hmm. subconsciously? Because little Wanda had been in pain. And as I told you, cycle after cycle, failed relationships, She had a great professional life. She had a great home. Wanda had everything she wanted. And I'm talking about me as if I'm another person right now. But in truth, I had everything that I wanted. You know, had everything that the world would think you wanted. Right. But I had no inner peace. I had no happiness, no true happiness. And I wanted to be loved. Yeah. And, And, you know... And the peace that I had with that man, 
you know, the scriptures say a peace that passeth all understanding. Yeah. What's the opposite of happiness? Oh. What's the opposite, Brianna? Uh, unhappiness is darkness. It feels like yeah, sadness. pain, okay. pain or sadness. Yes. When are, when are you happiest? Right before the sadness. Okay. Yes. Peace that passeth all understanding. I had, he had my life in his hands. So I was living, there was life and there was death, and I was on the threshold. Right. That peace comes on that threshold. Oh. Happiness, the, the greatest happiness you'll ever experience is right before your greatest saddest or your saddest moment. Yeah. War, peace. <laughs> the greatest peace you'll ever have is right before the war starts. Right. You know, so, you know, that peace that passeth all understanding, it's almost like you have to get up to that point, you know. And, and I experienced so many things that taught me eternal principles that taught yes. me about the gospel. So. Were you able to, so you would say that you were able, because of this experience, you were able to open up to that healing that you've been suppressing for so long. Well, it was the beginning. I started to come out of the closet more and not allow people to put me back in the closet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But, and you were able, even now, like, and I love that you said you felt so close to the spirits during something so that can be so dark. I actually, I cannot relate to this experience at all, but into normal day-to-day -day experiences like with my children or in my marriage or wherever I am at, sometimes I know that when I'm in a, a dark part of my mind or I'm sad or I'm upset, I know when I am able to bow myself down in prayer to my Heavenly Father he he's hearing me and he's listening and he wants to comfort me. And I know, especially in something like that, something so extreme, I would hope, only hope the spirit was so close to you and guiding you through that to calm this man down or just be able to take the time to get away. Cause if, you know, like how you were listening and he said that if you scream or yell, he will hurt you. And you were just remaining calm and you were able to listen and be aware of your surroundings and think. And a lot of the time when we're angry, we it's hard to be able to listen to our thoughts, you know. Mm -hmm. And you were able to listen to a lot of little Wanda probably in that moment of hearing how did you well, question sorry go ahead no one of the things that helped save me that day was my ability to disassociate mm -hmm. i learned to disassociate as a young child when i was being abused oh so it would you know so i had already learned that and i had mastered that i'll never forget it the first sight where he was raping me he had me my legs bent over my head and uh uh and i was pretty much into a tree root and uh and I just remember thinking and I just it was like I left my body 
and I was looking down on me and and just felt so bad for Wanda who was being raped. It was mm -hmm. like I was hovering over me in the air and just watching this tragic incident take place. Oh my goodness. And it's because I had separated myself from it because if you had seen the condition of my back and my head after that first scene where he raped me, you know, I felt none of the pain, but my body was really messed up. Yeah. I didn't have time to deal with the pain. I was too focused on how I was going to live and what right. I was going to do next. The fight or flight. Yeah. I mean, so I have a question for you. Does, do you think, how is your healing developed over time with this? Or do you, I'm, I think you did say before a few minutes ago, how you still experience some of this, but has your healing overall from this experience and at your childhood, has it healed you enough to draw closer to the spirit and know that you are loved just like you were loving that man? Um, that is where I'm at. That's the phase I'm at in my life. You would think it would have happened sooner no. because it's been, uh, let's see, 21, 28 years, uh, 28 years this year, uh, 1993, correct? Yeah. 28 yes. years? Oh. 28 years um, since I was raped. And I am just at the stage now where this is another subject, but I'm at the stage now where I am uh, learning to receive the blessings of the atonement in my life. Mm. The same cycles that have repeatedly shown up in my life from my childhood have haunted me and taunted me. And most of my life I have spent doing the right things because it was the right things, but truly felt no joy from them. Mm. Um, I have served and done things, fulfilled callings, but uh, it's been a slow process in learning to feel them. Mm. Um, which, uh, in the Wizard of Oz, who is it? The ten man's looking for a heart? Oh, yeah. Well, my heart uh, is something that I have been repeatedly praying uh, about and having Heavenly Father bring feeling to my to my very soul um and he knows that i have struggled with this and uh it's it's been instantaneous with me since i was a child just to turn feelings off you know do it it's got to be done you're a hard mm -hmm. worker wanda just do it but uh i didn't feel any joy from most of the service i've given and i have repeatedly um, given back, uh, as you stated in my introduction, I, that's just, uh, scratching the surface to the work that I've done since, uh, having been raped right. and in hindsight, looking back at the rape itself and, uh, the speaking opportunities, I would never have thought I would speak to so many people about a rape. Um, yeah. I turned down engagements uh, because there were people who wanted to sensationalize rape for the media. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think Heavenly Father, you know, he says, if uh, 
you know, he'll uh, use you if you're willing. And my experience in my life, he knew how I, he knew how I would use the experience in my life. My heavenly father knows my heart, even though he's teaching me how to receive him yeah. and to, re and to find my heart. Mm. Um, but he knows my testimony. He knows what I believe. He knows me better than I know myself. So it's been a process and he's been leading me through it. Is it painful? You better believe it. Is it worth it? You better believe it. Mm. And, even and I described over and over to friends, I said it's like being on a being on a survival trail and you find a crumb or something that you can eat and you're so hungry and it's just this little morsel, but that morsel brings such relief. Yeah. And 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 it's really very insignificant to a meal, but a Heavenly Father, one of Heavenly Father's morsels is like a feast. When you find it and when you're out there and you're searching and you're seeking. Probably the only love I've had in my life, Brianna. Mm. The only true love I've ever had in my life. Has been my Heavenly Father in the gospel. Because yeah. even when I turned my back on him. I couldn't yeah. completely turn away. I always found my way home to him. I always found my way home. Nobody ever asked me to come back to church. I made sure they, I put up a force field mm. that I didn't let people cross. Each time I tried to come back and the third time was a charm. It's because I came back. Yeah. Not because others invited me back. But one of the things I've been eternally grateful for was the active members in my family. Yeah. They couldn't pour the gospel down my throat. They couldn't give me what I hadn't found yet. But wow. they remained active. And their example and their activity was a double-edged sword for me. It was strength. And yet it also reminded me of what I was ashamed of in myself oh. by not being able to live the gospel, mm. which kept me examining the gospel. And it kept me looking deeper and deeper and hanging in there until the change had taken hold in me. Mm. Because leaving the church and coming back it's a long journey, especially when you taste things in the world that are not of Heavenly Father. Right. And you also have to learn not to taste them. Mm. And you have to learn to give them up after you've exposed yourself to them. And that's a very difficult process. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't wish my journey on my worst enemy. Mm. And yet at the same time, it's been my journey. It's helped me become the person that I am, and there are brighter days ahead. I'm very excited about the phase I'm in right now, learning to have a heart that feels joy and feels mm -hmm. happiness when I serve, and uh, I'm grateful every day uh, 
I'm mm-hmm. having the greatest love affair with my heavenly father anyone could ever have. Oh, you are have the sweetest spirit. And I love that you um, are having a heart change that is growing you so much. That is, for me, like, you can't find joy in our temporal things. You find joy in what brings your heart joy. And Heavenly Father, I love how you mentioned probably like five minutes ago um, saying he knows your intentions and he knows your desires. And he will always know them from the beginning of our life to where it ends. And even if that process takes a long time or a lot of bruises or bumps that comes along the way. He knows your intentions and he knows your desires and he knows your heart. And I love that you are sharing that because it just accentuates even more how I have seen you as a woman that has the strength of lions of your heart, not what you've, you have accomplished so much temporally. Yes. But how you love another person and have compassion for them. I, I want to bring up a story really quick, if you're okay with that. Sure. Of when we went to the beach house, probably when I was like 13 or 14, I can't remember, but we all were together, except I think my sister Marissa might have not been there, but we were all there and you just, everyone loves you. Like you're just so easy to get along with and you're just so joyful to be around. And me and some of my cousins were all playing in the water at the beach and you stayed back. We kept asking you to get in the water. I remember that we asked Jason and we asked Whitney and we asked you and you, Krista broke her arm and you were like, no, I'm going to stay out of the water and I'm going to help Krista build a sandcastle. And we were like, okay, fine, that's fine. And we we knew Krista couldn't get in the water because she broke her arm and she had a cast on. But you were just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay back and help her. And you did. And you guys made like the coolest sandcastle ever. <laughs> and you didn't eat we did a video of it and I I need to get the video from my mom but you kept saying over and over like we were like Wanda you built this you built this it was so cool and you were like and Krista Krista did a lot of it and she was probably like I don't remember how old she was she was pretty young but she you were just like and her she did so good you guys have to tell her she did so good and I remember that is probably my favorite memory of you because you know how to see the wonderful person each person is they're you like compliment them and you tell everybody what they're good at you tell you're just you're a friend that everybody wants to have and I just love that about you and I can only imagine I'm pretty sure the memory of that man is thinking she was just so compassionate to me for what I did. And 
I, I don't know. <laughs> well, so. before we close, I'm going to share yeah. one more piece of compassion. And mm -hmm. I thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that with me because I will cherish that. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I wonder if anybody ever really sees me, Brianna. And, and mm -hmm. I don't blame that on others. I blame it on myself because I, uh, I, I hold back a lot because of um, uh, being afraid of getting hurt. And it's been a process and a, and a learning curve for me in my life. But one of the greatest acts of compassion that I showed my perpetrator, uh, when it was all said and done, I, uh, of course, you know, reported it to the police and I prosecuted. Mm -hmm. Okay. I prosecuted. It took uh, three years of trials to finally mm. end. Uh, but my ability to prosecute him, I'm going to throw a few, few things out there, you know, for okay. you, uh, just uh, statistic wise, you know, uh, there's about out of every thousand rapes, there's only about 384 reported mm. to the police. And 57 of the 384 will result in a in a in an arrest. Oh, wow. Eleven of those 54 are referred for prosecution. Mm. And only seven of the 11 result in a felony conviction mm. and six result in, a, in an incarceration. Okay. Mm. So you're looking at about a third of the rapes, of all rapes or sexual crimes, sexual crimes are reported. Okay, so over two-thirds or about 67% of sexual crimes and violent crimes against women, rape, get reported in this country. And the numbers mm -hmm. just don't get any better, okay? Yeah. But let's, let's look at something else. This is horrible in itself, okay? Those numbers are horrible. And... Uh, when I persecuted, I mean, when I had him prosecuted, okay, and I reported it to the police, and I said I was going to testify, okay, most people don't, as you can tell by the numbers I just shared with you. Yeah. That was an act of love. That was an act, a compassionate act for my mm. perpetrator. Mm. Think about Heavenly Father. Think about the criminals here on earth and the things that they do. And, you know, you hear the general authorities talk about sins and sins that are committed against you and against your will. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Things that happen to you. You can't, you, you can't, you're not responsible for that. You can't change that. But I, I can't help but think Heavenly Father is going to see him in more favorable light because he was taken off of the streets and he wasn't given the opportunity to continue to commit crimes yeah. against human beings or violent acts. Um, because when I went to trial, this young man, he was only two years younger than me. Mm. Uh, he had, he was wanted and it came out at the end of the trial because of certain laws it's called a bifurcation law, and that bifurcation law means that you can share at the sentencing um, if he's wanted for any other crimes. And he was wanted for a string of crimes. He had committed 
you know, arson, grand theft, um, mm. drugs. Uh, he was with a, a, a drug abuser, uh, one of his girlfriends. You know, I lived through what I went through, but I also thought I might die from it years later because I immediately started testing for AIDS because he had been with a drug user. And, and that's one of the things mm. that he shared with me. And I couldn't ask him, uh, I couldn't make him uh, test for AIDS because he had rights. And I knew that. And I went to the police, uh, you know, when I reported it, I said, I'd like to, I'd like for you all to ask him to get uh, the AIDS test. I said, be tested for AIDS. I said, I know he's been with a drug user. I said, uh, and they said, we can ask. And I said, I know you can't force him because I know he has rights. And of course, it, you know, it could be seen either way with him. He could have been seen as if he got the AIDS test, he could have been, okay, well, that's kind of admitting some guilt there if I do it. And then by not mm. doing it, we'll never know. But so I had him, I had the police ask him on a frequent basis until they finally consented because I went and got tested and I was having to be tested because, you know, AIDS can lie dormant for up to seven to 10 years. Mm. So, but taking him off of the street and keeping him from committing more crimes yeah. That's my responsibility. Mm. That was my responsibility. If I had not prosecuted like so many people do and not reported things, look yeah. what happened to me in my life because my generation, my parents' generation wouldn't talk about those things. They mm. didn't want to report it. They didn't yeah. want to talk about it. Look yeah. what it's done to my life. Mm. Look what it did to my heart. Yeah. Look what it did to me and, and even the ability to trust. Yeah. The damage, you know, so taking him off of the street was my responsibility. No different than when you have someone go to war because he's patriotic and he feels it's responsibility to fight for this country. Right. I was asked that by a group of reporters when I left the courtroom one time. They said, why, what, what was different about you? Why did you feel responsible? Like you had, I said, because it was my responsibility. I said, it happened to me. Yeah. I said, who better right. to report it? You know, I said, I'm not ashamed of what happened to me. I didn't do it to me. Yeah. But most of the people don't want to go through the court process. Oh, wow. But Taking him off the street was an act of love. It's keeping him from harming himself and others. Yeah. It's not, it's not negating what he did. It's not absolving him of what he did. But he certainly has a better opportunity with repentance now mm -hmm. than he amazing. would if he'd continue and not get the help that he needs. Now, I'm a big big, big proponent of restorative justice. Mm, yeah. I don't believe we should throw the key away on so many people we throw in jail today. Mm -hmm. I believe in restorative justice and that's another topic, but, mm -hmm. but, but the compassion I had for him was not just, not mm -hmm. just in the woods. Six months after I didn't tell my parents. We went through three trials, three years of trials. 
the, the, the case was tried three times and all three times I won mm. or we won, but the trials were turned over mm. and deemed a mistrial because of he, he petitioned the courts for juror discrimination. We had a, we had a juror that spoke up in the, in the, uh, when they were sequestered and they weren't supposed to talk about things. And, and this particular juror found out that he was, uh, he had plea bargained a rape down in another state where he mm -hmm. attempted rape of another woman and it was plea bargained. So he told all the jurors, well, what does that do to the case? Mm -hmm. You know, so we had three trials, you know, but yeah. <laughs> it's just, there, there's so, there's so many details to this that I can tell you that have, <laughs> that would blow your mind. But, you know, I just remember sitting in the courtroom uh, and I could not go into my own trial because I was the primary witness. So I had to sit out in a hall for two days, each trial. They lasted two days. They weren't over in a day. Yeah. You can ask your sister. I mean, my sister, your mother. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she, she came, she came to the first trial. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, I just, when I saw him before the grand jury to see if my case would even be heard, my lawyer standing next to me, the Commonwealth's attorney, he's on the next side of my lawyer in chains, shackles and handcuffs and a chain in between and his lawyer. Mm -hmm. When I watched him walk into the courtroom in that orange jumpsuit, it just, it tore me up. Mm. I felt so sad for him mm. and each trial I, and I didn't tell anybody this for months because everybody, I thought, they're going to think I'm crazy. Everybody's yelling, you know, string him up. Look what he's done to her. People out in the hall talking. I could hear all this commotion. And I was like, goodness. And all I could do is, I said, Heavenly Father, here's this young man who's given up his God-given freedoms because he chose to act out because he was angry. Mm. I said, I can't, this is horrible. It just yeah. ate me up. There was no joy in the fact that he was going to prison. There was no yeah. happiness whatsoever. So about six months after the trial was over, I finally told my mother this. I said, I nearly wept for this man mm. when I walked him, watched him walk in the courtroom. I, I just couldn't, it just, I said, he's given up everything that's precious in life right. because of a choice that he made. Mm. Yes, man. And that's where you are using one of your amazing talents of compassion, of just seeing. And that's, that's a wonderful trait of our Savior, is that he sees each person, and even in their worst moment, he sees them. And knows their heart. As and, they really are. Yeah, as they really are. And you were using that gift of yours to see him in that way. I can't imagine some, and a lot of people, and I understand justice, you know. It, these acts should not be done, right? But at the same time, it hurts knowing that people do choose to make some of the actions they do because of the consequences that come. And it just makes me think of 
this whole topic has been really your healing has come because of compassion and giving more of that compassion, the compassion that you've been giving that man. I hope you're giving it to yourself, you know, like, well, well, that's why I know when it breaks through for me and the child within me, that's still so hurt Mm. because it was, because it's so great for others when I finally let go, Brianna, mm. I'm going to have such relief and such release and yeah. such happy, happiness and joy I've never known. Right. And I know that. Yeah. Jason said to me a couple of weeks ago, he said, Wanda, you're just like this kid hanging on the bar, gritting your teeth and white knuckles, and you're saying, I can't let go, I can't let go, I can't get let go. He says, but when you do, what joy you're going to feel. Oh my gosh. I love that because sometimes we hold on to such pain and heavenly father and Jesus Christ are like, let go. I can help you. I can, I am the healing that you need. I am the love that you need. And I love that you're having this newfound love with heavenly father that has in its perfect timing. It's where you're supposed to be right now. And it I is. Love, and I love that you're sharing it with me and with everyone listening because it's giving us that ability to find hope and healing when we're gritting down, holding on to those bars of pain or childhood trauma or any trauma that we're experiencing. He's just asking us to trust in him and, and let go and believe that we are going to be okay because he knows our intentions and our heart. So that was seriously so beautiful. I love that. <laughs> well, I've had, I've had the, the most incredible changes and they have been so subtle. They would be naked. They are naked to the average person looking on. They would be naked to the average eye, but they have been so subtle in me but they have brought such joy into my life in the past. I guess it's been about two months now. Wow. Uh, I never imagined I'd share this part of my life with you. Uh, but, you know, finding a heart and finding joy in things uh, has been a lifelong journey for me. Mm. You know, people that suffer from uh, serious trauma like me repeatedly and repeatedly as a child spend their lifetime, they say finding and healing and uh that's what i've been doing and but i know that you know this is just but a small moment not to sound cliche and to steal from joseph smith Mm. but it is just a small moment because the preparation here on earth is preparation for the eternities right this is but a small moment the life i have ahead of me the family that's waiting for me, the children that are waiting to be born Mm. of my loins. Mm. It's just, this is just, this is a small moment in my life. Wow. Just a small moment. You're such, oh, your heart is so amazing. I just love that you said that. And I, let's not wait too long to get together next. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's do it. Let's okay. do it. I, I would love to. I would love to 
carry on and uh, do as many episodes as you feel that the public will uh, need and what you feel inspired to share with others. I'm happy to help. Oh, I love it. This was really so wonderful. I just felt the spirit through everything that you shared and it, I just feel so much more love for you. That's what, <laughs> well. that's what I like love about getting on and talking with all of friends and family and colleagues because I'm getting to know who, their heart. And if we got to know each other's heart, imagine the compassion that we would all have for each other, the love, just like you did and how you are still doing that and healing. So thank you so much, Wanda. We will not wait too long to have you on again. So. Well, no worries. Um, I'd be delighted again to help in any way that I can. Uh, just cue me up. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Everyone, please check out her information. I will link some of these shows in the show notes so that all of you can check out her story. And if you're needing any um, comfort, I can also get out. Sorry. I can also share with you guys, Wanda is great at communicating the best help and getting you to those that are needing this type of healing. So I can also share that as well. So thank you so much, Wanda. I love you so much. Love you too. And thank you. Look forward to meeting with you again. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so glad that you were able to tune in. If you are wanting more content, please check out my website, spirituallyfedblog.com. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and you're able to get my emails. I hope we can connect and become friends. Much love, Bree.